Lori Hybe, Chris Harrington, and Aaron Courtney, three broads, bringing you stories and strategies exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo while laying the foundations for future success. Together with special guests, they'll celebrate what's working and unpack what is not so you can learn, grow, and succeed. You want to learn more about your hosts? Make sure to listen to episode one. Lori, What's happy up, International Women's Month. It's Ooh, about us, broads. Yeah. Ooh, month. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it got me to thinking, like, we spent some time talking about the ladies on this show, and we get such cool stories um, from women in manufacturing and our stories that we share as well. I thought it'd be kind of cool to really dig into the history. You know, what, who, who are the women that came before us? And um, so when I was doing a little bit of research, I, I discovered that uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Carter, President Jimmy Carter is actually, he established the first um, International Women's Week, the official designation from the White House. And in so doing, he, he had the most wonderful quote. And do you, can I read that to you? Please, please do. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, and you know what? I might choke up. So please just bear with me, people. Okay. This is Jimmy. I'm not going to do it in a Southern accent, though. From the first settlers who came to our shores, from the first American Indian families who befriended them, men and women have worked together to build this nation. Too often, the women were unsung, and sometimes their contributions went unnoticed. But the achievements, leadership, courage, strength, and love of the women who built America was as vital as that of the men whose names we know so well. Wow. That you just get all the feels with that right away, don't you? Uh, yeah, it just gave me the chills, like just such an honest recognition from, you know, the, the top man in power, the president of the United States, that it wasn't, oh, women in their own right sort of deserve some recognition. Like, no, they built this country. Let's give them their props. And, uh, and so I think it's really great that we have this celebration and that we get to kind of revisit some of the women in history that, well, we may have heard their name or in many cases not. Uh, we just haven't really had the historical reference that we have for a lot of the men's names in history. And um, so I thought today would be kind of fun to do a little, a little history lesson. There's oh. some ladies we could talk about. I like that idea. All right. Well, well, uh, I'm going to let you go first and set the stage. <laughs> sure, sure, okay. sure. I, I'm going to start with um, Ada Lovelace. And so she was, oh my gosh, I should know what era she is. She's from like the 1700s. And um, I have a sort of a special connection to her for a number of reasons. One, my children have this amazing um, book about Ada Lovelace and it's just gorgeous. So I've, I've known her story for a while. And two, she's um, broadly 
broadly, get it? No, she's recognized <laughs> as a, you know, a woman pioneer in computing and computer science. Although mm. her contributions were, uh, took place much before we had actual computing technology, the algorithmic and mathematical thinking that really provided the platform from which um, computational uh, power was built uh, came directly from uh, Lady Lovelace. And even more interesting, this was kind of wild. She's the daughter of Lord Byron, that poet. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, she comes from a very esteemed background. He, that asshole, he left her family, just bailed when she was two months old. She went through all kinds of stuff and yet still persisted in her passion for math and developed this, um, essentially a technology that she's still recognized for today. So I think she's an awesome history figure of history. Yeah. That's that's fascinating. So I think it's fascinating because for the most part, any sort of like computer technology programming tends to be more male dominated However, it was a lady who has basically set the stage for all of these men to have a place to do their brilliance. So, yeah, yeah you, you know, what's kind of funny about about that, the, the sort of gender segregation and um, well, we now refer to it as STEM, the science, technology, engineering and mathematics um, that that is a really a recent development. And this might sound like some sort of revisionist history, but it's not, it's true that for a long time, math and the realm of math was perfectly acceptable for women to participate in and was even in some instances, I don't know if you, have you seen that film, um, Hidden Figures, or do you know the story of yes. Hidden Figures? Oh, yeah. Bunch and of badass women in that show. That's right. And they're like, uh, the ladies can do the math which is not how we've been thinking of it over the last few decades. And um, so it's kind of cool to think that it's not just like overcoming our own impediments and not being able to think mathematically, which has kind of been the message of STEM or it was, you know, earlier on, like when I was a kid in the seventies, like you can do it too, girls. It's dismantling this sort of totally erroneous idea that women cannot um, derive those concepts as strongly and as accurately as men can, because this turns out not to be the case. (laughs) I love that. That's great. I love that. Um, that you picked Ada as your, your first, first touch, because um, why not? She's, she's obviously a badass lady. So thank you, Ada, for bringing our, basically the foundation of any technology today to some extent, right? Thank you, Ada. Yeah. (laughs) So what about you? Who do you admire in the historical canon of women? So I, this, I, this goes back to like, I want to say middle school, maybe even elementary school but one of my favorite like history lessons was learning about Amelia Earhart and I just thought she was the coolest chick ever like um even when I was in school I'm not going to tell you how old I am but you know (laughs) that was like it was not a very common thing to hear about a female pilot right but then to learn that like this isn't even like you know today's day and age this was you know um it was, you know, before my time that this was even happening. So I just thought that was, uh, she was fascinating, not just as a pilot, but she just had, um, 
so many things that she did that were outside of the gender stereotypes, you know? Oh, really? Um, yeah. So growing up, she played basketball, you know, really? so she was like active on the courts uh-huh. and um, when she was in college, she took auto repair courses, you nice. know, so <laughs> and then, yeah, and then she wanted to take flying lessons. And, you know, obviously we know that history and that backstory, but she set multiple aviation records, kicking numerous, you know, male records out the door. And then, you know, wow. we, we know that that tragic story of, of her yeah. trying to, you know, fulfill another record, but I just think it's awesome. And there's a quote that I found that she said, <clears throat> Women must try to do things as men have tried. When they fail, their fail their failure must be but a challenge to others. And I love that. Like I'm yeah. I'm all about the challenge. And I, I'm all about, you know, women stepping outside of their stereotype and doing the things that kind of motivate them and drive them. And I just think that she had this like ambition and grit and just was like, I can do it attitude and like let me show you the way. So I, yeah, Amelia Earhart, thank you for inspiring and motivating young Lori. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, she's such a romantic figure. And you know what I love about both of the women we've discussed so far, and I think it'll, it'll prove to be true about any woman in history we talk about. They're great inspiration for girls, but you know, you got to think they're great inspiration for everyone, for anyone, you know, if you're a boy and maybe you have perhaps a disability or there is some other reason you've been told you can't do something to watch these women in history is really about a triumph of the human spirit. And that's what keeps us going. You know, that's what keeps us energized as people to do these amazing things. So I just, you know, pour one out for both of these ladies because they've done it for all of us. And um, I think we're better today because of their contribution in a number of ways. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of one, can I, can I share another? Oh yeah, I'm ready. I'm all ears. Ready to go. Um, So I, I just, we, we can't not mention Rosa Parks in a segment on awesome women in history. She is so important today, not only because she was a massive, massive influence on desegregation and on getting civil rights really established in America. And we struggle with these issues today, but I love her contribution Because again, it was about that indomitable human spirit. Um, My daughter, um, bringing back to my kids again, was learning about Rosa Parks in school. And one of the things that struck her and she shared with me, which I just, I was like, oh, I so feel that. She said, you know, she wasn't at that time really trying to make a statement. She was just tired. (laughs) She didn't want to get up out of her bus seat because she'd had a really hard damn day. And it was like enough already. And I, there's a lot of layers there, but that is for every one of us. When you are facing an indignity, when you have given of yourself and given of yourself and you're at that last straw and you have the fortitude of a person to say no, when you are tired and you're just done what an inspiration. And from there, of course, she went on to be a leader in the civil rights movement, but initially it was just, no, had enough, done. 
And um, yeah, so I, I think she's an inspiration for leading us to a better, more equitable world. That is absolutely critical. She's also an inspiration to those of us who like, I, I just can't take it anymore. I, I need to be done with this. <laughs> Love it. I, I think she's, um, I, I think we can all relate to, you know, the sto- her story on some extent, like um, just the, I'm tired. And I'm not going to follow this stupid rule that's out there. (laughs) Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, she stood up for what she believed in. And I, I, you know, kudos to her. Thank you. Yeah. And well, I think it's, it's also one of those stories that kind of sticks with all of us. I mean, it did certainly me as a kid when you're learning about civil rights, because the, just the bald nature of the unfairness that she made evident through that one act catalyzed so many people because they're, you know, right now, a lot of the conversation is around structural racism and, you know, these more embedded things that are, that are harder to see just as problematic. But even then this was so obvious to anybody that that is messed up and wrong and just flat out evil. But it took a simple person in a simple situation to point that disparity out in such a fashion as to really rally people around her. And I think that that gets forgotten sometimes how the simple things can really illuminate much bigger picture issues. And again, I want to thank her for that. Well, well, all right. My last one here. Um, I'm going to I'm going to read a quote. that and I'm going to have you guess who it is. Oh gosh, I love this game. Okay, let's <laughs> okay. do it. I will try not to embarrass. I mean, I feel like it's 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 kind of you know I feel like you should know it. But okay, okay, all right. Fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. <gasps> oh, oh, um, is that? Is that Judge Ginsburg by any chance? RBG, baby. (laughs) In the house. Oh my gosh. Wow. That is such a great quote on the heels of what we just talked about. Rosa Parks. Yep. I agree. No, I think, I mean, she's um, always, I mean, she's done a lot for, for women's rights, obviously huge women's rights activists and Love that she was the second female justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. And I was reading up a little bit about her. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, did you know that when she was in law school, she was one of only eight females in a class of 500? 500? Yes. Oh. So she found that environment to be very hostile. She did. Um, and and I think that is what kind uh. of springboarded her, um, uh. you know, fighting for women's rights and, and being an activist to some extent, but um, she's just done so much for not only um, gender equality, but the rights of workers and separation of, of church and state. And, you know, I, um, you know, rest in peace, RBG, but yeah, you're appreciated. Yeah. I think I love that she, she had this um, sort of way about her that was like the, the oh, what what would be the right word? Like the not the gentle warrior, but you just oh, you're just a nice little tiny woman, 
And then she's just fierce. Fierce. Yes. To be reckoned with. We both said fierce. I love it. Like that's, that's the right way to describe her. I feel like. Absolutely. She wasn't taking shit from no one. No one. (laughs) And you know, one of the things I learned about her at one point was that who was it? I think it was, um, oh shoot. She was talking about her friendship with, um, another of the justices that, you know, she was more on the left side of the, of the court Mm -hmm. and he was on the right. And she said, at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. We're very good friends and we have a ton of respect for each other. And, you know, whatever ideological principles we bring to the bench, if we can stand up for them, if we can defend them, that just makes us better thinkers who, you know, when we don't agree. And I thought that was so powerful because, you know, we're just in such a polarized age and to have Mm -hmm. somebody who is, you know, a hero, you know, more often on the left to say that there was, that she just didn't have any um, tolerance for dismissing his ideas just because they were different than hers. And I think that's probably what made that one of the most effective and respected courts that we've had in history is that that ability to, to transcend those differences. So I love that you chose her. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, we can't, we can't discredit the fact that there's a gazillion other amazing women in no, history. No, of course. Um, but you know, what, what we wanted to dive into today was, um, not only the amazing hosts of a broadcast for manufacturers <laughs> who I love and adore, um, we're missing Chris today, Yeah. but, um, yeah, we just decided to pick a couple, a couple gals that are pretty badass in our books, um, yeah. and kind of bring them back to the, the top of your your thought bubble right now. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's, that's always fun. I think sometimes we get so, you know, stuck into our modern, our phone era, and we forget about all of the amazing people that have come before us, both, you know, women and men. And um, I'm just, I've, I'm really glad that you helped me take this opportunity today to, to, to honor them. All right. Well, this was a lot of fun, Erin. Again, we miss you, Chris. And Thank you to all of our listeners. We've got some amazing guests coming up on future episodes. And hey, if you know anyone that's got a cool story to share that is um, a a badass female in the manufacturing or kind of industrial work environment, uh, send them our way. We'd love to hear their story. Definitely. This wraps up today's broadcast. If you're looking to shake up the status quo at your organization or just want to connect with these broads, visit mfgbroadcast.com. Contact Lori Hybe for your strategic digital marketing initiatives. Contact Chris Harrington for OEM and aftermarket digital solutions. And contact Aaron Courtney for web-based solutions for your complex business problems. We've got a great offer specifically for our listeners. You can find more information about the offers and your hosts at mfgbroadcasts.com.